Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your day. What's happening over there, Gordon? Just having a good day, Jake, is all. How's the birthday celebration part do? Oh, go? It, was, it was fantastic. It was, I mean, it was just nice. And, uh, yeah, I had, had a wonderful time. And uh, you wake up this morning and you see the blue sky and, you you know, you feel the more moderate temperatures. I don't know what uh, the temperature is out there. Why don't we check with Austin and get the latest weather report? That is how we start off every show. Because we know that's the mood you're going to be in. is solely based on the weather. (laughs) It's bright, but not too bright. Back to you. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Austin. Thank you. Very accurate uh, assessment of the weather right there. Thank you for the... uh, the update. So you're in a good mood. I am in a good mood. It's a good driving day today, and I had fun driving. Did you? Yeah. It's nice to have dry roads, sunshine overhead. What would you say your, your average I have a nice speed car. was driving into work today? Oh, totally law-abiding, but, uh, you know, zero to 60 may have gotten pretty fun. But I'm not zipping down the road at 90 miles an hour. Or anything. Uh, what yeah. surface streets allow you to go to 60? Oh, I'm talking about the freeway. You were zero on the freeway? Well, getting on the freeway. You were zero? Oh, okay. <laughs> 15. <laughs> Busted. So your slalom through traffic on the way to work today was was enjoyable? Oh, I, I totally law-abiding and uh, enjoyable. Because everyone's in a good mood when you when, when springtime springs or whatever. <laughs> when you're you're really letting it out in a very nice car. The world looks great when it's blurry. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that would be frustrating to have the world be blurry. So you didn't drive the truck today then? No. No, no, it doesn't sound like you did. Nope. No. Yesterday was a truck day. Today was uh, today was a, a different day. A, a spaceship day. <laughs> I really am enjoying that car. It it uh, it's fun to drive. I, I I'll let you drive it. You going to get it get it out on the track anytime soon? How do, that's why is there. It, whatever happened to the track out in Twila? It's still there. Is it still there? I think so. Can you go out there and, and uh, do your thing out there? I. I you know, there's a thing called Google right in front of you, but I haven't checked. I mean, into a man it. of your your stature could probably arrange it. I would guess. I I, I have not checked in. Larry, when Larry was alive, he invited me to go out there and uh, drive on it. I guess they let people do that if they if they so desire. I I don't know what's going on out there now. Is it all is it all kept up the way it was before? I have not been out there in a while. Honestly, but if anybody's been out there, let us know. That chair you're sitting in used to be there. Here's a tweet coming in uh, from our friend Wild Turkey Fart Blunt. It says, "Ask Gordon how quick his Lambo gets up to 60." It's not Lambo, <laughs> but but it does move. When I went to drag racing school, uh, the the uh, the piece of machinery, the rail, I was learning to. Uh, the drag race went from zero to sixty in like one se- one second. 
1.2 seconds, something like that. Jake just had a spit take okay. at you saying you went to drag racing school. I, I have my coffee here, and <clears throat> I'm having trouble swallowing. Excuse oh. me. All right. Oh, I'm Did I interrupt your interesting no. anecdote? I'm sorry. I'm sure it was just captivating. And by <laughs> drag racing school, I, I'm sure you mean an oh, afternoon for oh, a column. Oh, hold on here a second. You don't think going to drag racing school is captivating? No, not particularly. Okay. No, there, I think there's I love your stories, here. Gordon. Please How tell another. How many of us have gone to drag racing school? Okay, you yourself experiencing that, yes, would probably be fairly captivating. Some dude who experienced it and, and is talking about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not some dude. I'm me. Austin? Listening to someone else talk about drag racing school is nowhere near exciting. Man, I but being be, in drag racing, I would sure. be, I, I would be yeah. very interested in hearing someone else tell me what because I don't know very many. If I didn't know anybody who had ever done that, I'd want to know the details about that. Well, why aren't we getting more actual drag racers on the show then? <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Is that what you want? Well, I'm just saying if that's you know exciting radio, drag racer Wednesday. Have you listened to nothing that you've been taught through the years, Jake, about radio? It, it, it doesn't matter what other people... People want to know what you think. That's why we talk. That's why we have microphones here. I went to drag racing school. I put on the, the flame-resistant suit, the whole thing. They taught me how to drive a rail and that, with the balloon tires and the whole thing. And I learned how to drag race. I think that's pretty interesting for, you know, I would want to hear about that. If you had done that, I would want to hear that. See, see, I just tuned all of that out. You know, here's another thing about radio. You're not supposed to tune out your partner. What? You, you. I've been insulted now. Well, my yeah, only, my what? only exception is calling it a school when it's really just, an afternoon for a column is a stretch. No, it was uh, a three-day thing. Oh, it was? Yeah. Well, then I take it back. That is a school. Yeah. You did a three-day drag racing yeah. How was the cafeteria food? Uh, I can't remember anything about the food or anything. They bunk I, you up out I, in the barracks? or No, I drove there every day. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. I went up there in uh, Palmdale, California. Sven says, uh, where's the honk? Quote, when I went to drag racing school. Yeah. Where uh, was I did do it for a feature article I was writing for the LA Times. Oh, so there the was LA a, Times. And they, and yeah, they huh? did. They did uh, I didn't have to. But but it was. Is uh, this the one Casey loved so much? No. That was something else. No, that was something else. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> gotcha. I'm going to find that letter from Casey and I'm going to present it to you. And both of you guys are going to owe me an apology. See, now I'll believe you if you take out the word find and replace it with the word forge. No, there's no way. <laughs> then, to that. yeah, Come I'm on. sure. No. I'm sure we'll get a good look at it. <laughs> you, guys, you know, I come in here in a, with a. I have a good attitude. I'm in a good mood, and you guys got to drag me down like this. I'm excited. The the lot. This is you know. I thought that haven't Bowler and I ta- taught you this that when you when your partner is saying something, you don't start yawning. That's the I didn't worst thing you... I coughed. <laughs> it was more of a gag, I yeah, think. Yeah, right. No. I, I, I'm sorry. Excuse me, Gordon. Please. Please entertain us all. Is that what, is with that, further is, is yarns that what, about your experiences <laughs> drag racing. It was cool, man. Uh, it, it was sounds really uh, One time I started sliding out a little bit, and that was, uh, you know, reaching the danger zone there a little bit, but I got it back under control. Is that what they call it, the official term, danger zone? <laughs> I can't remember it, but uh, I do remember they gave me a certificate after I graduated, and they said, welcome to the Brotherhood of Speed. They did. Yeah. Just like that? Mm-hmm. You bet, baby. I buzz the tower time and time again. Are you Googling these terms? No. I mean, that was, that was buzz the tower, that was, that's from Top Gun. From Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to see you. Glad you're in such a great mood. Glad I was you, in a good mood. Glad you drag raced your way into work today. It's good to hear. I, I didn't drag race today. 
but I did drag race at drag racing school. I see. All right. Well, we have a lot to do today. Have I said that? Have I mentioned that? Did I give you that detail before? 1.2 seconds to 60. Excuse me, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. I can't believe Uh, it. Gordon's actually going to be with me on the jazz broadcast tonight, which Maybe. I was I at was really rate, looking I might forward be bailing to. On you. <laughs> you might be looking at a blank wall over here. Pre-game coverage starts at 4:30, so we've got a short big show. But uh, Gordon and I will uh, will take you up to tip-off. We'll be there at halftime and uh, with post-game coverage as well as the Jazz are in New York to take on the uh, New York Power Forwards. <laughs> So we'll get you ready for that game. We'll talk about it. That is one bad basketball team, man. And it's one sorry franchise. I got to admit, when I saw what they did in the offseason, I thought, are are these guys just adding every power forward in the league? In a league, by the way, that is moving away from the power forward, the Knicks are like, hey, I got an idea. (laughs) Let's get a bunch of bigs. Let's sign. Not not bigs like a useful tall big. But like your six eight guy that can't shoot. Well, let's get that. Let's get that kind of. Big. Well, nobody on the team can shoot. Yeah, the Knicks are not good. They're they're a um, a franchise in transition. They did go with a, with a new president who I guess is is coming in, and you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But Leon Rose, I hope they paid him a lot of money to take that job. Uh, but nonetheless, well. it should be an opportunity for the Jazz to do their thing, hone their skills. A little bit tonight going up against the hapless Knicks. Although the Knicks, of course, did beat the Rockets in their last outing. So, you know, yeah, still the NBA. Sometimes, yeah. But the Jazz need a, they need a win. Yes, they do. They got to win the uh, win these games. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the BYU does an about face on a, on a policy that they changed, what, Gordon? Three three weeks ago? Well, I lost track of the time. but uh, Very recently yes. they said, whoa, hold the phone. And we'll talk about uh, whether or not that has uh, impact uh, on the sports world. And uh, we've touched on this story a little bit, but uh, USC, you know, saying we'll weigh all options out there. (laughs) And now a national media writer has weighed in about a strategy maybe a different Power 5 league should take that Mm -hmm. would be worst case scenario for the University of Utah. So we will get into that. that. You know, is that when I read that, I thought, is this real? I mean, could this really happen? I don't well, know. That's a see. This is why we need to could, have this could conversation. The Big Twelve come in and, and and steal a bunch of Pac-12 power teams and leave Utah with. Either way, they'd be better than they were, better off than they were in the Mountain West. But that would uh, that would uh, wouldn't be uh, optimal for them. I don't know. Would it really be better than the Mountain West? I mean, we'll we'll get into well, it. Well, it depends on what form it would take. But anyway, if you like Pullman better than Laramie, <laughs> then maybe it's better. Yeah. If you prefer Corvallis to Colorado Springs, I still think it's a notch, just a, a little notch up. Or is that just reputation? Is that just living on? On fumes here. I mean, that's a good question, actually. Well, there's a lot of layers to that onion, and we need to get into it in the show today. It's going to make us cry. It's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. You weep often when cutting it. Oh, when was the last time you cut an onion? I cut onions when I was making my my, uh, bean casserole. Now it has onions, huh? Uh, Yeah. And cut onions at that. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Not canned fried onions or Mysterious anything like that. Onion powder. Maybe I don't th- I'm trying to remember if there are onions in there or not. Mysteriously. Not yeah, no. <laughs> be the only bean casserole ever with no. onions. There's green beans maybe, maybe I, and two cans of soup. And then when you're done, you put on the, the onion fried things that you buy at the store. I, I think I must, have, I must have cut some onions for helping some, some other dish. Come on. Come on now. All right. Oh, I thought you said Funyuns. That's my bad. Let's get into it. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's hard to analyze every three-minute stretch. Um, like I said, there was 
there was good waves. I thought, you know, their bench played much better in the second half. Um, we struggled a little bit in the first half. And, uh, you know, but there's going to be runs. And I think that, that just like there's going to be games and there's going to be quarters and it's how you respond to it. So I was happy with, you know, offensively the way that we were really committed to moving the ball. All right, that was uh, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. It's your split story of the day. Uh, they're in action tonight against the New York Knicks. Tip-off is at 5.30, a little bit after, likely. Uh, pre-game begins at 4.30 right here on 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. What are you looking for tonight, Gordon? Uh, it, it, this is one of those games where it, uh, and there have been quite a few of them, where it, uh, the Jazz need to concentrate on the Jazz and do the things that the Jazz do and uh, or should do in order for them to be successful. We talked yesterday, Jake, about the difference between playing the teams that aren't as talented versus the playoff teams, uh, the types of teams that the Jazz will face in the postseason. This is not one of them. I know they beat the Rockets, and any team in the NBA can win on a given night. I get that. But just from a structural standpoint, as far as the amount of talent that's on the teams, the Jazz should focus on themselves. This Knicks this Knicks team can't shoot. Uh, they rebound well, but nobody is a particularly good shooter. What are they, 19 and 42? Uh, I mean, that's not the kind of... And the Jazz can't focus on that because mm-hmm. if they focus on that, then they'll play down to that level. They need to focus on themselves and go out and act like this is the seventh game of a playoff series. And I think you can burn yourself out doing that, but at this critical time in the Jazz's season, it's important for them to have that stance, I think. And I wouldn't I wouldn't always say that, but I say it now. Just to, to back up some, uh, some stats, you talking about the Knicks offense, Gordon. Uh, they are... 26th in the league in three-point percentage, 28th in the league in three-pointers attempted, 30th in the league in three-pointers made, 25th in the league in field goal percentage. Uh, That's good for 28th in the league in effective field goal percentage. Offensive rating of 28th in the NBA. Now you think, okay, well, maybe they're a defensive club. Defensive rating of 23. Yeah. So I looked at all that, and uh, just this is not a good team. I mean, there's no other way to say it. As I said, they're sixth in the league in rebounding, and uh, (laughs) it's a good thing because they have to rebound a lot. A lot of missed shots. But uh, this is a game that Jazz... If they concentrate on themselves, if they work through their offense, this is not one of those teams that could create defensive problems for them uh, that could knock them out of what they normally like to do with that blender offense. So that's what we should see tonight out of the Jazz. Running that offense the way it was meant to be run and punishing the Knicks uh, for their either inability or lack of of, of focus at the defensive end and just punish them. And, and then, meanwhile, work on your defense as well. Uh, act like you have to work on it because this team can't shoot. And that's if it can't shoot, then that means Rudy Gobert is going to get a bunch of rebounds and the Jazz are going to be able to uh, motor down the court the other way. The other thing about the Knicks is they're slow in pace of play. You know, they don't, I think they're like 20, they're in the 20s in their pace of play. And so, it's not like they're going to run the Jazz ragged in, in the Jazz's ragged transition defense. Uh, no, I mean, and they can't play five out on you. They're just not built that way. They don't have players yeah. who can do that to you. So, you know, it's it's this is a great matchup for the Utah Jazz. Well, what's it, it so is. weird, and I did not watch that Rockets game, but it's so strange to me that the Knicks would win. Well, for they all tried the reasons we just talked about. They had a lead in the fourth that they tried to give away, but I, I it was a jazz night. I did not. Uh, I saw the end of it because we had it on in the background, but I didn't see the whole game either. Uh, and Houston's one of those weird teams where they're going to to beat some teams that they should and probably win more games than they lose. But they'll have those weird ones because you know maybe the Knicks are a terrible matchup for the Rockets because they've got a bunch of guys who are pretty much the same size, which is big and heavy. And what are they going to do against something like that? So you know it's why matchups are so important in the NBA, but I think the Jazz match up really well against the New York Knicks, where maybe Houston doesn't. Mm. Because All they right. do have this weird assembly of players that just, it, 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 of course it's not a good fit. 
And, you know, does Bobby Portis really work with Julius Randle? I mean, this, <laughs> you know, in today's day and age in the NBA, that's just clunky. And then you, you combine that with basically an interim coach and a, a franchise that's in complete disarray that's oh, made some yeah. just dreadful draft picks over the past uh, several years. But then you look at somebody like R.J. Barrett, Gordon, who could be really, really good. He had a great game against Houston. Ducky? So maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe they finally landed one. But the only the, the truth is the only good thing Phil Jackson did for the Knicks was draft Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and last year they basically gave him away for nothing. All right. So, yeah. I mean, it's this is the result of a poorly run franchise for a long, long time. Well, even Barrett that you talked about for the Knicks, he he shoots forty percent from the thirty-two percent from three. So we're not talking about a major, major threat. I guess he could get hot, but uh, the percentages say otherwise. Well, and he he could get there in his career. I mean, he's he's far from a finished product. But uh, I'll is there tell any you. update on Mitchell Robinson because uh, he's another one of these big heavy guys you were talking about. Uh, over the last eight games, 12 points, 10 rebounds, nearly three blocks, shooting 76% from the floor. And he's questionable tonight because of a hamstring. That's the latest I've seen as well, questionable. So, Well, uh, so, so I get back to, and, and you were, were making the same point, I think, that the Jazz obviously have to game plan for the Knicks, but if they take care of their own business, they win this game. I I would think so. But then again, in this post-Phoenix game world... Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Anything could happen. Yeah. Because that game was so unbelievably bad where they got blown out by a team that they have no business losing to, let alone getting blown out by. That's the weird thing about this Jazz team. The bottom is is not pretty. I mean, over the past couple of years, Gordon, we've seen Jazz teams slowly rise, right, to the to the crescendo of how good that particular unit could be, where they finished last two seasons. They finished the season red hot. Tear. Like, yeah. hyster- historically hot. Yeah. So the highs for this team have been every bit as high as that, but the lows for this team have been far lower, and it's come in chunks throughout the season. It's so weird. This has been such a weird team. Jake, I'm thinking about that for a second. Were there lows as low as some of the ones this year in those previous years early on? It seems like there there were some... Remember that game in Mexico City? Against Orlando. Yeah, that was pretty low. That was pretty low. There There was a loss in Dallas... Last year, that was that was pretty darn low. But they got blown out by third. What was the final of the Phoenix game? But they, they got blown out by Phoenix yeah. at home. Yeah, at home. It was one thirty-one, one eleven. Post All Star break. Uh, yeah, and when the, well, the Knicks are worse than the Suns, and so I would agree with that. This is uh, you do or don't. I do, I do. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this would be. If the Jazz were to lose this game, it probably would be their worst loss this season. Yeah. Well, right now, I think it's that Phoenix game. Or maybe, you know, Toronto where they were down by how many 40. at the half. I mean, that was that was rough. That was not good. But at least that one was on the road. And at least Toronto's really good. And the Jazz get another shot at Toronto at home when they get back from But that game trip. was just so bizarre how they got just buried. Yeah. And I I haven't seen many NBA games, period, in my lifetime so, that were like that one. So in conclusion of what we've just talked about here, what causes it? What causes that kind of dropout? I see. It's weird. I you wanted like a bunch of cliches rattle off in my mind. Like it would be easy just to go confidence, Gordon. When this team is confident, they play really well. When they're not, and well, and there's a lot of people say if Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich are shooting the ball well, then that's not going to happen. Well, I'll I'll tell you this, and maybe this is part of it. Maybe it's not. But but sitting here and listening to every single post game interview, like I do on the Jazz broadcast uh-huh. after wins, that locker room it, it's like Mardi Gras. I mean, one win against Washington last weekend, and Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal were doing their post-game interviews together in a laugh fest with Mike Conley singing in the shower. And then, you know, in that losing streak, in that home losing streak, four-game losing streak, you would have thought that that locker room, I mean... Yeah, it was was a funeral. I mean, you know, there's a funeral with some, like, anger mixed in there. I mean, just, it's... Just by that observation alone, it just seems like they ride the highs and ride the lows. 
and that affects performance. And I don't know the best way to articulate what that is, but that's that's the issue. That sounds like mental emotional immaturity. Um, maybe. I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what what you just described. That's kind of, that sounds what it sounds like. Well, if you want me to do some further armchair psychology, because this is a story <laughs> I've been trying to follow this year because I think it's incredibly interesting. Donovan Mitchell, the leader, and we know Donovan Mitchell promotes a really fun atmosphere. He does. I mean, the 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 water interviews after the games, like he, he's I think Donovan Mitchell as a person is a pretty fun, outgoing person. And I think he tries to, to put that in the locker room. So the ups when you're winning, it's easy to be that way. Right. It's easy to be fun. But how do you handle the other side of the coin? And maybe that's what something that Donovan himself is learning about leadership is when you've got a complex situation like an NBA team and things aren't going your way, how are you dealing with that? And in years past, you could pull out the nobody believes in his card and all of a sudden you spark a historic comeback where you climb your way up the standings because you're this plucky underdog bunch. But this year they're not that. They're, you have to get it back on track or find the the – peak of this team it's a different challenge and so maybe we're we're learning something about the leadership on this team although don't you want uh evidence of emotion don't like like if the jazz lose uh i know we gotta go to break but if the jazz lose don't you want to see uh the the effect of that in the in the body language of the players uh not everyone can be like stockton and just you can't ever tell what's going on there. Well, I don't think there's a right answer to that question. I think it depends on the makeup of the team. But, I mean, you know, do you guy want a guy like Stone Cold, like Tim Duncan? I mean, his team's had a lot of success. There's probably a place for both. Kobe was kind of emotional, but he picked his moments. I mean, Michael Jordan was pretty – he was – pretty even keeled he was a pretty stone cold guy but when he let out his emotion we obviously those are some pretty iconic moments with the fist pump and those sorts of things but so if, if i think it depends on the on the on the player yeah uh, kobe you, you mentioned when he remember when he had that really bad shooting game in the playoffs against the jazz and it came out the next game and it went for like a million i mean it seems like players yeah you might be disappointed but a guy like that knows how to turn that in a, in the right direction, so I, yeah, I could be part of it though, Jake. And you're onto something. Yeah, and is Donovan Mitchell learning that? I mean, these iconic players we're talking about didn't put that together overnight. And maybe part of that is confidence. Yeah. All right, we'll have more coming up. Uh, stay tuned. We'll tell you what's going on down at BYU today. We'll also get into rumblings around uh, the future of the Pac-12. It's all straight ahead. The Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty, the Zone. This is DJ and PK. Former BYU basketball coach Dave Rose. I did want to say something when you're talking about DJ and PK. For about two and a half years, that was my nickname, DJ. My name's David Jack. When I was in seventh and eighth grade, one of my coaches just started calling me DJ because we had a couple Davids. But then we moved from California to Houston and I lost it. But we can go DJ and PK for another couple hours. Well, I'm thinking that, you know, we can actually phase out the original DJ. (laughs) You can slide in. I do have some time, actually. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Band of the day today is uh, the Kinks, selected by uh, me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Gordon, BYU came out with, uh, well, you tell me about this a little bit. The, 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 the church itself, the LDS church, the Church of Latter-day Saints, what I'm not trying to offend anybody. What what's the official Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? You have to the whole thing. All right. So they're changing some things in the handbook, correct? Yes. So there's a new edition. I'm sure this happens from time to time, right? And uh-huh. in the new edition, some things are are changing that also kind of had a trickle down effect to the BYU honor code, correct? Correct. And I didn't read the handbook. I, I you know it's online. But I don't want to misrepresent the story because I think that's where it was generated, right? Well, yeah, and when that came out, then it, it the paragraph that was in the honor code that, that, that disallowed or prohibited, I guess, uh, any kind of uh, same-sex uh, physicality, you know, such as holding hands and kissing and stuff like that on campus – uh, or I guess as part of that honor code, would be disciplined. Um, and so there was some degree of optimism by those who, uh, you know, are uh, oriented that way, that uh, there might be more, a little more leeway down at BYU. And... Uh, I guess there was confusion about that, and so there was uh, a statement made today. So just long and short, students down there thought that they would no longer be punished if they were, say, holding hands with somebody of the same gender. Right. So as it stood, if if you and I, Gordon, were to walk down campus holding hands, we could in some way be punished if we were students there. Yes. Okay. Or, yes. So yeah. the, the mm-hmm. initial interpretation was this is no longer the case, and as long as you refrain from having premarital relations. Right. Just like heterosexual then, couples. Then, then things were okay. Mm-hmm. So now BYU and comes out. And then there out, were people who were kissing, as, uh, you know, in front we of. We saw some pictures. And, young statue and whatnot. And I guess that ruffled some people the wrong way. Today, Elder Paul V. Johnson. Uh, commissioner of the church education system released a statement, and uh, it's it's fairly long, so we won't read the whole thing. But essentially, they they said that uh, I'll read this part where same sex romantic behavior cannot lead to eternal marriage and is therefore not compatible with the principles included in the honor code. So essentially, people are reading this as a retractment of that that now holding hands is back against the rules. Oh, it doesn't is, it doesn't actually st- say that, does it? It, I read it, it how I read it, it, that's how it implies. Do you want to read the whole Mr. thing and people can make their, their own judgments? Yeah, read, is read that, it is, and, and I'll point out the, uh, the vagaries or, or the obscure nature of it. To students, faculty, and staff of the church educational system. Recently, the language of the principal-based church educational system honor code was updated. Those adjustments included significant doctrinal and behavioral matters that have led to much discussion and some misinterpretation. Out of respect for all concerned, we are providing the following clarifying statement. And I'm not sure that what comes next really brings a whole lot of clarity, but go ahead. One change to the honor code language that has raised questions was the removal of a section on homosexual behavior. The moral standards of the church did not change with the recent release of the general handbook or the updated honor code. There is and always has been more to living the Lord's standard of a chaste and virtuous life than refraining from sexual relations outside of marriage. Lasting joy comes uh, when we live the spirit as well as the letter of God's laws. Uh, uh, let's see, a foundational doctrine of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is that, quote, marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that the family is uh, eternal to the creator. Central, sorry. Central to the creator's plan for the eternal, there it is, destiny of his children, unquote. That's a quote from the uh, family, a proclamation to the world. Uh, It goes on, church leaders have long taught these principles. 
Then the sentence I read, same-sex romantic behavior cannot lead to the eternal marriage and therefore not compatible with the principles included in the honor code. We are grateful for the commitment that all students and employees in the church educational system make to live the principles and spirit of the honor code. Sincerely, Elder Paul V. Johnson. Okay, he's the commissioner of the church educational system. That paragraph that says same-sex romantic behavior cannot lead to an eternal marriage and is therefore not compatible with the principles included in the honor code. Pretty cut and dry, Gordon. What, 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 I mean, okay, same-sex romantic behavior. What does that mean? Is is holding hands uh, romantic behavior? I think in this case, yes. Man, I'll tell you this. When I was in Germany, I lived in Germany. It's the first time I'd ever seen this. But women, heterosexual women, would lock arms and walk down the street together. I'd never seen that before, but I saw it a lot over there. And I asked somebody about it, and they they looked at me like, what are you, from Mars? I said, no, I'm from the U.S. of A. But anyway, is that romantic behavior? How did you know they were heterosexual? I I asked around. Did you? Yeah. I finally got to the point where I said, what's going on? Is this... No, it's just it was just part of the it was just part of what people did. You asked around. <laughs> yes, I did. With like a chain letter or what? Oh. How'd you do that? No, I was with somebody over there who was from over there, and I said, "You see that couple over there? Was that what's going on? Is that?" And, and they said, "No, that's just just a thing." I'm just I'm just picturing Gordon, you know, asking somebody this question in you know. American German about the sexual oh, orientation. Ach, die bin du Deutsch. Now, listen. Oh. I put my arm around my daughter. I don't have a romantic relationship with her. I hold hands with my daughter. I don't have a romantic relationship with her. Uh, I've held hands with my friends' wives. I don't have romantic relationships with them. What friends? That's just friends. Just, you know, nothing touchy-feely, but... Uh, Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. So what about that? So is is that a display of romance or not? It's a display of love. Isn't love okay? Not this kind. Well, according to the honor code, I, I think this is really cut and dry. I think you you're talking about them leaving it vague. I don't know. I don't really know what's vague about that. Same sex romantic behavior. I don't know what same sex romantic behavior is. I mean, I, I know some things that are. But is having your arm around somebody romantic behavior? What about if you make a romantic connection with somebody, but then say you're just friends? <laughs> no one would ever do that, Jake. I, I get what they're was trying. that romantic? No, I, I, I get. I get we're just friends. Are you I kidding? get what's going on here, but I just think sometimes uh, I don't know. You okay over there? I, I just you know. I just touching me, Fräulein. <laughs> Let me. I've got a question for you. <laughs> it's Fräulein. Uh, I couldn't help but notice you arms. linked no, arms please. with that other young lady there. <laughs> Pray tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the My thing, Eddie, and here's here's the link to sports. Das Schneeben der Nuschner der BYU. 100% here's the way, and we're going to talk uh, conference affiliation coming up a little later on in the show. But but these types of, of hiccups will have an effect on sports if the if the goal of the BYU athletic program is to be included by big uh, by a P5 conference, this sort of stuff does matter. Yeah. So I, I agree. I wrote a column about this thinking they were leaning the other way. And because other colleges, Notre Dame has, they're, they're you know, the Catholic Church, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but I, I went through and looked at what the doctrine was. And then I looked at the way they were handling it at their schools. And this was true at Baylor as well. It's, it's fairly cut and dried about the same thing. Thing about a marriage being between a man and a woman at both of those places. But then they turn around and say, we want this to be a safe place for for uh, for all people. And they, they so they they're doing a better job 
of walking the line than somebody who's going to interpret this as, hey, if you put your arm around somebody of the same sex, then uh, we're going we're gonna to make you pay for it. Come on. It's it, BYU, you're better than this. You can find a way. You can find a way to back up your, your church's doctrine and still be welcoming to people and not make people feel alienated. You know, I, I don't think everything needs to be spelled out. And maybe it's not being spelled out. Maybe that's why I say that. I don't know what romantic behavior is. But does that, does that leave it open so that if I'm a student at BYU and I got my arm around my buddy and I'm walking down the sidewalk that someone's going to take my license plate number down and next thing you know I'm getting hauled into the honor code office? Well, yeah, I, I have a problem with how the honor code is enforced very much. Well, I'm I, on I record just, with that, I, but I, I, don't, but I, 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 don't I, know. I, I would guess that they'll tell you, Gordon, to answer your question, that uh, what did the Supreme Court say about pornography? That I know it when I see it? I mean, that's what they'll tell you about romantic behavior. So if you're a, if you're a father who's holding hands with, their, with your daughter, my guess is you're not in violation of the honor code. But if you're holding hands with your boyfriend... It sounds like you are. So well, I don't. Yeah, but I mean, if, I don't okay, know what to tell if, you. If two women are locked arm in arm walking down the side because they really they really like each other, but they're not sexually involved, why is that? Why would that be a violation? It wouldn't be in the case of your Fraulein's, but would it be it in just, the case of a of a BYU student? Uh, it depends on, I suppose, their situation or if they're truthful about it. Here's the and, and I think is the, is why people are upset about it because now they have to go back underground and they can't express themselves, and that's the that's the whole point. Now, if if Austin and I were holding hands walking on BYU down the whatever, and uh, somebody came up to us and we could say, "Oh, we're just friends," or "Oh, I'm I'm I don't know what I'd be doing." How do they know I'm not blind and you're helping I'm me find my Austin class? Austin along the way. Then well, we probably here's the, here's the issue. They, they will go back underground, it will be more clandestine instead of more open, and this secret police action that the Honor Code has encouraged for decades will get worse, because there will be same-sex people holding hands, uh, uh, you know, cuddling or whatever, even, even a kiss, and if the Honor Code doesn't see it, they may not get in trouble, but they're going to be see, policed but, but, by their peers this, and contemporaries. This gets crazy, because I, I use the same example I did with my daughters, they cuddle together. And right, and if so, this is what I'm saying. If someone saw them do that on campus at BYU, I promise you someone would call the honor code and tattle. And then there would be an investigation. And then they'd look into it and be like, oh, they're sisters. And they can't do anything about it then. And that's my problem. My problem personally with this whole thing is it encourages secret police and gossip. That's my problem. I agree. I, I, t- I think Austin's right on the money. All right. We'll have uh, more coming up. Stay tuned. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing. Get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks. Call 801-833-3333 or, call, or go to actionplumbing.net. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Zach Wilson did not go out there and light the world on fire and make it an open and shut case that he should be the quarterback. He's probably the front runner. He's got more tools than Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall. He's more of an all-around package than those two guys. Zach Wilson has a lot to improve on from last season. I watched those three quarterbacks last year, and maybe I think that Zach Wilson is the favorite to win it, but I can't sit here and be like, oh, I definitely see enough separation. I like him a lot, and I think that his ceiling and his upside is really bright. He also had catastrophic errors that really hurt the team when the money was on the table. I got it that he also had his bright moments and I think his ceiling might be higher than the other two, but you can't say, like you said, an open and shut case. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I want to remind you about the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 a ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone 
all-you-can-eat tickets now. Uh, we'll get into what's going on uh, or could possibly go on with the Pac-12 coming up right around the corner in the 4 o'clock hour. Don't forget, Jazz Game Night pregame show starts at 4.30. Gordon going to be hanging out with me tonight uh, for the Jazz and the Knicks. Uh, but we made kind of a bet of sorts on the show yesterday, even though we didn't put anything on the line per se. I guess it's just a gentleman's wager on where Tom Brady will end up if it's not with the New England Patriots. Yes, Gordon? and uh, we did. I said the Chargers. You said, what did you say? Uh, the Raiders. Raiders and Austin took the Titans. So I was given the Titans, but yeah. Would yeah. you have taken them anyway? Sure. Okay. I'd so, say they're the leader in the clubhouse if it's not the Patriots. So let me get this straight. There's a phone call placed yesterday. Tom Brady is talking to Bill Belichick. I don't know who called who, but they discussed the contract apparently for the first time. And reports are that it did not go well. So let's think about that for a second. And this is not unusual for Bill Belichick. He's done this to other free agents before. But we're talking about Tom freaking Brady here. How many wars, uh, you know, competitions, have these guys been through together? How often have they depended on each other? How often has Bill Belichick absolutely depended on Tom Brady to win him another championship? How awkward would it be to have that phone call placed and have it, quote, not go well. That must have been the most awkward thing in the world, Jake. Well, Bill Belichick is totally awkward, and he's so cold-blooded the way he runs the franchise. That but not Tom relations- Brady. Come on now. Bill, you're talking to Tom. Yeah, but when it comes to ego-measuring contests— is that what they're measuring? Uh-huh. You know, uh, Bill probably doesn't feel like a man of his stature really needs to approach the situation that way. Well, it seems to me like out of respect to a man that has brought you an awful lot of trophies, you should. Now, maybe maybe they were very respectful <laughs> and it still didn't go well. But I don't know how. I mean, I, I assume that this has to do with the length of the contract. Right? You assume, like you were I mean, so about. Bill Belichick's reputation is old players he just cuts, regardless <laughs> of their contribution well, to the team when they're not worth the money that they're making. So when Tom Brady says, you know, Bill, I want a three-year deal and let's guarantee that sucker, you could imagine that Bill Belichick's reaction is, uh, <laughs> what would his reaction be? It would be, no, nah, you know, that's not. Not, not going to do it, Tom. Not, not the way we do things here, Tom. <laughs> I just think it's the whole positioning we'll, we'll of those two at loggerheads against one another when they have depended on one another to, to win all these championships. It's just bizarre. Now, we're on to next year, Tom. <laughs> now, at the very same time, you know Is what happened? Wait, wait, wait. Hey, hey Bill, I, I won a three-year deal, and I think, you know, my track record speaks for itself. Now, we're, we're on to the first game next season, Tom. We'll give you one, time, one, one game at a time here, Tom. Next question. So just on our bet, however, <laughs> I will say this. I think Austin's Titans, I, th- I think, are the most likely. Uh, Dana White today on a podcast called Tom Brady, who answered to recruit him to the Las Vegas Raiders, advantage me. And the latest rumor about the Chargers is they're going to draft Justin Herbert with their sixth pick. I don't know. I saw Not Hold looking on. good for Hold our on. boy Gordo. Hold on a second. I read a report that said that the first guy, uh, who's the guy who's been all over this story, initially reported that the Chargers are the favorite. Hmm. You can keep on believing that. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're all guessing. What are we, well, okay, so what are we putting on the line on this Nothing. thing? We're just, how are we supposed to know this? Winner, the... Uh, the the other the other two cater some sort of uh, meal here in the studio. <laughs> Why? I mean, we none of us knows. It would just be like absolutely rolling the dice. Exactly. It's called gambling, Gordon. <laughs> how about we trade cars for a day? So the how would that work? The 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 winner gets to pick the car of the other two of their choice. Yes. Oh. 
So Gordon would have to drive yours or my car yes. if he actually wins? Yeah. So this wouldn't really be winning in Gordon's? No, no, no. If he wins, what do you mean? So if Gordon wins, he gets to trade cars with you or me? Right. That's, that's not I'm really, sorry. That's, that's not really winning for him. Yeah. Now he could choose his own car at that point, I guess. But... Oh, thanks. <laughs> you mean I'd be right back where I was when I started? That's so. That's you better win, because I'm going to run the guys, hell out of that thing. You guys are making making bad rules here <laughs> that uh, I ain't following. All right, we'll get into the latest with the Pac-12 coming up uh, right around the corner. Uh, stay <laughs> tuned. Follow. Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're the sounder right there. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. It's a win ticket Wednesday. Get tickets to the Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls, excuse me. They're hitting the road this summer with special guests Lifehouse and Forrest Black on the Micro Pill Summer Tour. Don't miss your chance to experience it live Tuesday, July 28th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Gordon, we talked about it the other day when Mike Bowen, uh, the new athletic director at USC, said everything's on the table when yes. it came to uh, conference membership. You know, dialing up the pressure a little bit on uh, some things that will eventually unfold with the Pac-12 conference. And then today, Andy Staples uh, wrote an article for The Athletic urging, or at least uh, uh, proposing the idea that the Big 12 should raid the Pac-12, Gordon, mm-hmm. to make a super conference. And he, the schools that he mentioned were USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, and Arizona State. To add those to the Big 12, making it a 16-team league. Well, there's a certain name that was left out of that. Uh, yeah. And in fact, Utah would probably be left out a lot of these scenarios. That's why this is why such though? a... A controversial topic around here. Why would it be left out? Because their brand doesn't carry the value that others do- does. Uh, I suppose, but they have oh. a, a pretty sizable market here that's growing. I, I don't disagree. And I think competitively they belong too. But I mean, if you're comparing Utah's brand to Washington's brand or UCLA or USC, unfortunately, it, it doesn't stack up. Yeah. Well, and it, since they were the last ones included, that's not going to help them either. Okay, so if that were to happen, what's the next step? What would the Pac-12 do? Fold, probably. Oh, it can't fold, can it? Well, what would it do? Would it do what the what the Mountain West Conference did when uh, when they lost all their teams and just raid a lower conference? Would all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing San Diego State and UNLV and all these teams be Pac-12 teams? Hard to imagine. So hard to what about the contract situation for such a thing? What do you mean? How expensive would it be? Would there be lawsuits involved in that kind of thing? I doubt it. I mean, we've seen we've seen schools move conferences before. Six of them. Well, that's the the scenario that uh, we heard back when the Pac-12 was looking to raid the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's different when you're the raider versus the raidee. It certainly is. And so uh, I. I find that scenario unlikely just because I don't know. Well, it would be a true test of whether this truly is collegiate athletics or professional sports. Because I could see what would hold back those Pac-12 schools is that they're still snooty um, education people, academics, Mm -hmm. that don't want to be associated with other schools. Like, does the UCLA president, who's actually retiring in a year— does he want to be associated with Iowa State? It's so hard to imagine 
for that very reason, uh, some of these schools pulling something like this, a stunt like this off. Well, how much do they really mean it? I mean, that's what we would find out because they would probably increase the bottom dollar. I mean, uh, and, you know, Texas already has an exception. What if they promise USC a similar type of exception when it comes to distribution of funds? And you have the super conference where, you know, USC is and Texas are making more than everybody else, but their quote unquote fair share. I mean, financially, it would probably be a win for those schools that were actually included. But would the, you know, college part of college athletics get in the way? We'd find out. We'd find out if it's really about the money or if it's really about other stuff like they've pretended or not all these years. Okay, so let's look at this more closely. You said UCLA, excuse me, Oregon, Arizona State, USC. Who else? And no, 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 not it, here. It you. This is according to Andy Staples, and this okay. is his idea. This isn't right. really reporting, okay. and I should clarify that. USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, and Oregon. Okay. There's some still some pretty fine schools and fine athletic departments that are being left out of that. Well, we know you're a big Beaver fan. <laughs> we know you love the mighty Beavs. What about Stanford? Yeah. You know. What about Cal? And I, I, I consider Utah uh, a quality outfit. So I would leave them with, uh, if, if such a thing were to happen, Oregon State, Utah, Washington State, Cal, Stanford, and Colorado. Huh. If you think you're, you're not making as much as the SEC now. Well, those schools, those leftover schools would have to put something together. Well, they'd be a they'd be a group of five team over a group of five conference overnight. Oh, I don't think so. With uh, that group of schools, yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly what. No, would happen. I think they would add other quality programs. They would have to who up the ante. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? That's well, a pretty that, critical question, well, don't you yeah, think? I don't know. They could probably find some takers out. Yeah, there. San Diego State would love to. <laughs> what do you mean some takers? I mean, in all honesty, BYU. Would be out there, BYU, San Diego State, UNLV, Colorado State to round out to to bring it to ten. You think that's a Power Five league? Yeah. Or would be viewed that way? I don't. Should be. Well, if you're talking, if football is the major push through this, so if you add, okay, so you got those schools again. So you add, let's say you add, uh, what if you add Boise State? Oh, this would really be painful to Stanford's administrators, would it? <laughs> From to add Boise, yeah, yeah, and Bo- San Diego State, Boise State, San Diego State, BYU, and you need one more, like Houston or uh, <laughs> who are we leaving out? You wouldn't take Vegas or Colorado State? Oh, uh, maybe Colorado State, not UNLV, Wyoming. See, because region really doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, no. There's just not that much out there that you could add to it and retain your status. But it would be impossible. Those, if you had those schools? It, it'd make you, a cute you, little league, yeah. No, no. You've got six. You've already got six of that have been P, P5 uh, members. And what have they done with it, those six? Well, I mean, you can say the same thing about the others that were leaving. True, but they're, you know, Oregon is Nike's school. And Washington has a, a rich tradition and a huge brand. U, USC, UCLA, or Southern California. Now, I, the, the ones that are a little bit strange to me are Arizona and Arizona State, but maybe those carry more value. Uh, but but long and short of it, it, honestly, Gordon, is the Pac-12 needs to do everything possible to keep itself together throughout these next negotiations. Like, it, it's imperative that they do so because the possibility of a conference falling apart is real i agree with it that. is very real and forever mm-hmm. it's looked like the big 12 was the first in line to have that happen you can't be bypassed but it's it's like the whole outrun the bear thing right where where i don't have to outrun the bear i just have to outrun you mm-hmm. you know you don't have to catch the sec but you gotta you gotta run faster than the big 12 does and so <laughs> you gotta do everything you can and maybe it is reaching out to texas again and seeing if you can get that whole thing to work 
uh, or or maybe it's totally bending over backwards for USC to keep them in the league. But the truth is, if USC is is the one making the decision, they got to figure out a way to appease the Trojans. Well, part of the problem is that the Pac-12 has been so shoddily run that what do they have to offer? A bigger cut of the pie. Hmm. But all those institutions... That's going to be a major, major chunk of humility for some of these folks. It's, isn't it, though, the same problem that's been around these conferences for years? And, in fact, wasn't it the whole problem that uh, BYU had with being in the WAC and then the Mountain West? They were the ones making all the cash, but yet they were cutting checks to all these hangers-on. I mean, but, we, we heard that for years. But in a situation, that none of this would be coming up right now, I don't believe, if the, if the Pac-12 had been run better. I don't know. I don't know, man. Because what would be it, it your motivation? Back... Because you're already you would be making as much as the Big Ten if you were run better, or you might be in that neighborhood. I don't think you'd be in the neighborhood of the Big Ten. They're just not as valuable as the Big Ten. Why not? Um, market size, audience, attendance. I mean, what what metric do you want to use? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, part of the country that it covers, the Big Ten covers the whole darn country, nearly. I mean, there's lots of things that make it more valuable. I don't think mismanagement has been the sole problem. I think it's been a big part of it because these schools are not getting their, the share that they think they should. Well, they also, the Pac-12 went first in the the whole uh, media bonanza back in the day, and that's part of they, the problem. They set they the market. They signed that TV yeah, deal, right? Or they actually they created. So that's their own not thing. that's not any sort of recent mismanagement, but they're certainly feeling the effects more so now. The Big Twelve has renegotiated their TV deal since. Okay, but this is the reason that I think this is happening is because of the mismanagement. Why isn't anybody talking about raiding one of the other leagues? Why is the Pac-12 the league that people are talking about raiding? Because, because it's the weakest financial st- footing. Well, and they have schools that might be grumpy about that, like USC, who makes all the money. But then you have the other schools, Gordon, that look at USC being grumpy and go, oh, spoil the University of Spoiled Children. Well, we don't need them. Well, the truth is you do. <laughs> look at what, what the Mountain West just tried to do this year with Boise State, where they try to kind of quietly get rid of Boise State's extra payment for being Boise State and coming back into the league where they were trying to say, well, like, yeah, we'll let that go a couple of more years, but <clears throat> that's it. And they tried to slide it slide it through. Mm-hmm. That's th- that's all this stuff where, I mean, you'd look at the Mountain West and go, God, you need Boise. Well, those other schools are saying, what do we need? What are we doing this for? Because nobody wants to admit that they don't carry the big stick that they think they do. And so it's really interesting with, with USC even bringing up this idea because it's got to either make other schools defensive or other schools panic. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, here's, doesn't a league have to have some bottom dwellers in it? No. I mean, somebody has to finish last. And if you have a quality program, don't you want some guys you can beat up on in your league? Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the current state of college football, I mean, that's what the ACC is. They're one team and then the rest hot garbage, and it works better than the model the Pac-12 has where they just have good to mediocre teams top to bottom and then maybe a bottom dweller or two. Review for me what brought this subject up. Why why was it even suggested in the first place if it weren't the Pac-12's weak financial footing? Mike Bone recently went on a podcast and said everything's on the table. I, I get that, but then I wonder, is was that what spawned the idea of these particular six schools? Yes. No, that's entirely okay. what it was. That, right. Andy Staples, a writer. All right. Well, is, Andy, is going, Andy's had experience out here. Right, and he's just going to the next level, you know, saying during the next round of shifting that this should be what the Big 12 does. i tell you, one thing this does, just this talk must make folks nervous. Uh, just uh, because, folks up on the hill here, nervous, well, really nervous. Yeah, but any any of these, uh, because nothing is set in stone. <laughs> you know, it's like you might be part of the club one day, and you might be uh, out of that club five years from now. No, I, I've said it for a minute now. I mean, fear the day that USC realizes its value. 
And by the way, can you imagine if USC was doing what it is traditionally done right now? What the attitude down there would be then? Yeah. Well, and these other schools need to to figure out how to run an athletic program too. I mean, it's it's a joke the way that some of these schools manage their money, and then they cry about not making enough money. I I'm sympathetic with Larry Scott there. Did you see that that UCLA had to take out a loan from its general fund that its general fund is charging interest on? California, the Cal University, Cal is they mess. had to take out a loan from their general fund that the general fund eventually had to just forgive. Say, not only are we not going to charge you juice, well, just keep that and please figure out a way to keep yourself afloat well, over that there. stadium was a big part of that. They overspent there, and it's empty. I mean, some <laughs> of these schools that just absolutely mismanage this money, I mean, yeah. you know, they've got to be better at that, too. If I'm but, USC, I'm looking at them going, hey— I, I get it. Uh, well, not even that uh, for other reasons competitively. I mean, what has Washington State, what have Washington State and Oregon State done to really, I guess Oregon State won a World Series, a college baseball World Series. Yeah, but that Series. stuff doesn't matter now. That's what Larry Scott will tell you. Oh, look at our <laughs> look at our softball teams. They're incredible. And unfortunately, that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess not. But then again, that's another thing because that that sort of stuff matters to these presidents and chancellors and the, you know, equal opportunity folk out there that absolutely have a say in this world cuz it's collegiate athletics. Hence your idea of whether it's a professional or is a college. Right. Yeah. And we're going to find out more and more what the answer to that question is. Well, some m- of this, money this stuff comes money up. ultimately rules darn near everything, doesn't it? It shouldn't if when it comes to education and secondary education. It shouldn't. Hmm. Well, Now, whether it does or not, I don't know, but it should not. I wonder if the whole thing is going to collapse into the super conferences and just be done with it. Hmm. Well, we're going to find out one way or another. All right. Uh, that has been the big show. We're wrapping it up, Gordon. Doesn't that feel weird? Even though neither one of us is going anywhere and we're just <laughs> basically changing shows. That's all right. Let's change. want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks. They're home to the complete business telecom and IT solutions backed uh, by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for the 21st century. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Jazz Game Night pregame show kicks off next here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I hate goodbyes. This thing is over. That'll do, Peggy. That'll do.